0: Yes, good afternoon. Let's welcome along our vet, Dr. Kimberly Earle. Nice to have you with us for another week. Thank you. Good to be here. And you've got an interesting topic today, something a lot of people probably don't think about, but it's something that's invaluable and they should have.
1: Absolutely. We're going to have a little talk about pet insurance.
0: Pet insurance. It's an important Mm. one. Plus, our vet will be taking your calls a little later on. And also joining us today, Cheryl Shaw. Hello, Cheryl. Good morning. You've got a great special guest joining us with a great program.
2: Yes, that's right. Today, um, Alison Sellers will be joining us from Belmont High, and she's going to be talking about the roles that dogs um, play in helping children at school.
0: Special guest joining us. We're talking about pet therapy, aren't we, Cheryl?
2: That's right. And we're going to be talking about a standard poodle named Harley who visits Belmont School.
3: Alison Sellers, I'm head teacher special ed at Belmont High.
2: Yes, thank you for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about the program that's involved at the school?
3: Yeah, Harley comes um, for an hour every Thursday morning. Um, He he, uh, arrives at school, signs in and walks through the school and heads to the special ed classroom. Uh, But it takes him a little while to get there because uh, all the students uh, are all out and about saying hello to Harley and want to pat and talk to him and admire him. Um, And then he gets down to our special needs class and he listens to a story that the teacher is saying and uh and then the t- the kids individually have time with Harley, but they can only have time with Harley if they're reading a okay
2: book. so he he sits with them while they're reading and doing their spelling and things like that
3: that's right
2: yes and what's what do you believe the benefits are of Harley being in the library or in the classroom with the children?
3: Oh, look, there, there's so many benefits. Um, you know, I, I, I would love to, to see some research on it, but I can just tell by the calmness that comes over all the children when Harley walks through the school. So if your kids have, you know, quite anxious or frustrated, they might be uh, having a bit of an argument with their mates or whatever, but Harley comes along, everybody, everything stops and they, all the attention's on Harley. Also the kids in the class or at the library, um, they want to sit with Harley. Uh, he makes them feel really nice and calm. So therefore, they will read. And a lot of them, we have very reluctant readers—people that uh, kids that mightn't have even opened a book before will open a book, even if it's, um, you know, reading, looking at the, uh, the pictures and reading the words that they can read.
2: Yeah, I've actually visited the school with Harley, and um, I found it. Great experience because a lot of the children were very reserved and didn't even want to speak to the teachers or any visitors. But they certainly spoke with Harley, and it um, made a lot of them come out of their shell. And with the padding and Harley's just such a fabulous dog. The way he um, responds with the children. Have you um, ever had any any concerns about having a dog visit the school?
3: Oh, none, none whatsoever. I mm. mean, um, Harley's just a, a, an amazing dog. Um, I guess his size too. His presence, he has a real presence in the school when he's here. Uh, No, no concerns whatsoever.
2: That's lovely. Harley um, also, I know he gets his nails painted and I remember a time that the students um, were shown that he had the flags of the world on and they were picking out where um, Harley came from, which was rather an interesting story.
3: Yeah, that's right. um, I've had a student that was really keen on sewing and um, she wanted to make Harley his special Belmont High bandana that he wears. Oh yes. Um, so when he comes to visit, he has the logo uh, for Belmont High um, on a specially made bandana that's been made out of one of the um, an old school uniform. So he has the, the check pattern of our school um, uniform, and he has our logo um, out of material, um, and he wears that proudly every time he's at Belmont High.
2: Oh, that's lovely. Well, I know that he certainly does bring on calming effect for uh, for students, and that. He um, enjoys his time going there as well. I know he gets lots of treats when he's finished his role of listening to the children read. And yeah. um, I encourage everybody to, to think about, if they've got a dog that could be suitable, to think about helping out in um, and joining this program, because it certainly is wonderful for the students to be able to read to a dog. It, it cuts down those barriers that they feel embarrassed, I believe.
3: Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We, we'd have 20 Harleys uh, all day, every day. It, it's just a remarkable difference with the children um, when, when, the, when Harley's around.
2: Oh, well, Alison, I hope some people listening uh, can think about their dog doing that role for you. And um, thank you very much for joining us today, and good luck with Harley and the reading program. Great. Thank you.
0: Joining us from Valentine. Hello, Jeff.
4: Hi, how are you going?
1: Hi, Jeff. How is it going? You've got a question about your
4: pug. Yeah, it's a pug pomeranian. Okay, he's one year old. Yeah, and he he was toilet trained inside on one of those trays with the mat. Yep, with the green mat on it. Um, fantastic. We put the tray outside on the veranda when he was fully trained. He was perfect with it. Now we've just got a um, a grass area. He is an inside dog. Mm-hmm. We've uh, just fenced off a little grass area for him out. Down the bottom of the veranda, yeah, and he started um, doing his business inside again, but not on the, where the mat used to be.
1: Okay, and he's not. So he's,
4: and it seems to be when when it's raining, he doesn't want to go out. Even if it's just wet and not raining, he mm-hmm. doesn't want to go outside anymore. Right. We've tried all the sprays on on the timber floors and everything. Yeah. But my it's, partner takes takes him out of a night time. Yeah. Spends quite a deal of time outside and he doesn't do anything then during the night
1: yeah okay is he doing number one and number two or in the house yeah okay and does he still have access to the little pad that you gave him that you trained him on
4: not inside no
1: but it's outside still
4: it is outside okay and he's
1: not using that either
4: No, no okay
1: okay so um Hard to know what's sort of going on in his head entirely. Um, I guess the issue is that we've got a dog who sort of regressed in his training. Uh, and so for one reason or another, he's he's having some sort of an aversion to either being outside or to being on the grass, things like that. And we certainly do see a lot of little dogs that will um, you know, want to avoid having feet that are wet or they don't like the feel of the grass on their feet. That's not an uncommon sort of thing. Uh, it might be that he's had some sort of a scary event. So he was outside toileting one day and a car backfired or fired firework went off or somebody's alarm's gone off and that startled him and now he's experiencing a little bit of anxiety about it. Um, the really important thing is we want to try to not let him practice the bad behavior that we don't want. So uh, in these sorts of situations, I usually tell people to, to backtrack to sort of crate training, which is what we often recommend for puppies, where you have a nice small enclosed area. When he's in the house and he's not being directly supervised, he needs to be locked into that crate. And the reason that that works is because puppies and dogs are inherently clean. They don't want to so- Soil, their beds. It needs to be a crate that's small enough that he doesn't feel like I can sleep comfortably on one side and then move to the other side and use it as a toilet. So something, you know, for a pug dog, you'd be looking at something... um, I don't know, 90, 90 centimeters by 60 centimeters, something along those that that diameter so that he can get in, move around, lie down and be comfortable, but not so big that he feels like he can separate himself um, from the bed and, and use it as a toilet. And you might need to do that for a few months, you know, where you go back to saying you don't get to have free reign in the house anymore. Um, you can be outside, no problems. But if you're inside and we're not directly you know, interacting and supervising you, you're going to have to be in your in your crate. Um and that way we're, we're really reinforcing. So, so what happens then is when you go to take him out of the crate, the very first thing that happens is you take him outside and you need to go outside with him. Someone needs to be with him. We need to make sure that he's actually doing his business outside. Um, it's helpful if you can give him a command. So, you know, a little keyword, do your toilets or your business, that sort of thing. Um, say that over and over again until he does it. And then once he's done it, give him lots and lots of praise. Really good dog. That was really excellent. Get really excited about it because if you're excited about it, he'll be excited about it. Um, and so the key is to to be. Uh giving him opportunities when we know that he'll likely have, have to go because of the fact that he's been locked up, he'll want to keep his bed clean, you're taking him back outside when he needs to go. And if he doesn't go, then he either doesn't get free time in the house um, or you're going to have to you know, supervise him very closely and take him back out in another 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. I've
0: got a question for Cheryl today. Um, I don't have a dog. I love dogs, but because I live in a little unit, I'm not allowed to have any animals. But my sister has a little Maltese Shih Tzu, beautiful dog, but when she washes the dog cleans it, gets a towel and really buffs it up to try and dry it off, puts the dog down, it runs straight out on the grass, shake, 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 then it rolls all over the grass and into the dirt. And my sister goes, why? I just cleaned you. Why are you going in the dirt and that? Why would this be, Cheryl?
2: Oh, part of the thing is the dog feels really great after it's had a bath. So it's just expressing how good it feels about it. But it's getting
0: dirty again. Oh,
2: well, I think your sister's going to have to quickly (laughs) grab the towel and dry and then use the hairdryer to dry the dog completely.
0: That won't scare them?
2: Oh, the hairdryer nope. won't scare them. You start at the back and um, slowly work your way up towards the head. But no, not a hairdryer is not going to scare them at all. And it's oh. going to get the dog completely dry, and that way, it's not going to have that doggy smelly odor.
0: Okay, there you go. You've offered us a solution. Now, our vet, Dr. Kimberly Earl, <laughs> mm-hmm. is there? Could there be something in the in the chemical, maybe in the in the shampoo that they don't like that they want to get off themselves? It, That's why they're it's, rolling.
1: It's possible. Um, you know, most of the dog shampoos that are available these days are pretty good. They're usually pretty mild. Um, we have to remember that dogs have a very keen sense of smell, and the things that smell good to us are probably not the same things that smell good to um, a dog. My dog loves to roll and stuff, but it's usually a dead bird or some other dog excrement or, you know, various different things. So the things that smell good to us aren't necessarily what the dogs are looking for. Um, I agree with you. I think dogs like to have a bath most of the time, even if they're anxious during the bath. Most dogs, when you get them out of the tub and if you give them a bit of free run, they'll go tearing around the backyard and it feels good, it feels nice for them. They like to then sort of scratch the skin, you know, I think often um, when you're, you're rubbing them up and you're shampooing and lathering and things like that that um, probably improves the circulation in the skin a little bit, if you're using a nice warm water, you know, they're going to bring some blood supply to the surface and that's probably going to give them a little bit of tingly itchy sort of stuff they're going to have a bit of a good scratch and a roll and most dogs are, are pretty happy about getting out of the bath, it's like, oh this is fun, I feel fresh, I feel clean, and what are you going to do? You're going to go roll around and have a <laughs> bit fun so um, it's occasional occasionally we will see dogs that have um, irritated and inflamed skin and those dogs are really you know quite itchy Um, but those are a little bit different from the sort of healthy normal skinned dogs that are just going to go and have a bit of a role and a play and um, yeah I I suspect that a lot of it is trying to cover up that floral scent which they're probably not that thrilled about well let's talk
0: about that Cheryl what do you use different uh, scented uh, shampoos or cleaners for the dogs what do you you have different ones Uh... well
2: we don't use any shampoo that contains a fragrance so we really uh, we try not to upset the dog. The dog didn't choose to have a bath, we've chosen to bath it. So we try to make sure that we're not going to irritate the skin, so we use a, a shampoo that's suitable for the skin type of that dog. But also we don 't use colognes because we know that what we like the dog necessarily mm-hmm. won 't like, and we certainly don 't want to irritate that skin so trying to find a formula that of um, shampoo that 's good for your dog um, it is important to remember that you know fragrance free um, soap and detergent free is really important as well
0: yeah. now when you 've done that is that the best time to put any flea Cream no, or it's on not your dog, actually. Not after they've just been cleaned? No,
1: and particularly if you're dealing with one of the topical products, um, there's a number of them, but most of the topical products are actually, um, they sit on the oil layers of the skin. So most of them will actually say, do not apply for 48 hours after a bath or before a bath. And that's because even the, the nice gentle shampoos that we use will take a bit of excess oil and things off of the skin and coat. Um, and if you've got areas then that don't have that oil, then it won't uh, transmit and, and spread properly over the dog. So it's actually not The ideal time to put something on the dogs. Um, Not all of the products are like that. Some of them do get systemically absorbed. Most of them, um, you know, require them to be. In fact, all that I can think of, the dog needs to be dry. So putting them on a damp dog isn't good either. Um, So usually, I tell people to wait a couple days on either side of a bath if you're using any kind of a topical product.
0: And joining us from North Lambton, hello, Diane.
1: Hello. Hi. What can we help you with today? I have a rescue
5: greyhound. Yes. had him four months, okay. and he is an inside dog um, and when I go out for the day, he hates being locked out and the neighbors tell me he cries all day
1: okay so you're you're going out of the house and he is um, going out in the backyard and staying out in the backyard is that right and and on the back veranda yeah okay all right and so how old is he
5: he's five year old mm-hmm and, and um he was a racer and yep. broke a leg and yes and okay. was retired and um yeah. And uh, I got him through friends of the house. Okay. Yes.
1: And so, in the environment that he's being left in um, outside, so in the backyard on the veranda, has he got a nice, comfy bed and things like yes. that to lie in? Yes. Yeah. Does he use that at any time when you're home, or is he really in the house with you when you're no, home? No, no.
5: Even if I'm if I'm working out in the backyard or hanging washing, mm-hmm. he'll lay in his bed. Yeah.
1: So he he knows the bed. He likes the bed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And it's just when you're gone, he's making he's noisy and whinging. Cry. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, is there a reason he can't stay in the house when you're gone? Are you gone for really extended periods of time, or
5: um, if if I'm you know out for the the whole day mm-hmm. for six hours, I don't like to leave him in because obviously he'd need to go to the toilet. Yeah.
1: Adult adult dogs should actually be able to hold their bladders for about twelve hours, so puppies oh, okay. can't, and and really geriatric dogs um, can't. But you'd quite often find that. Um, you know, that a dog his age would be able to hold their bladders for certainly eight hours and, and quite often 12 hours without too much difficulty. And if he's not destructive in the house, um, it might just be that he's, you know, feeling he, he's uncomfortable in the backyard. He's not, um, you know, getting that companionship. But being inside may actually, if it works for you, be a solution for him. Certainly the the neighbors are unlikely to hear him. Um, but I suspect that you'd find that if you if you trialed him inside, he's probably pretty good if he's well trained when you are home. He's probably OK For that amount of time. And so that might be a very easy way. Um, Otherwise, we probably need to have a a fairly in depth discussion about, you know, sort of separation anxiety and those sorts of things.
0: All right. And joining us right now from Charlestown, it's Robin.
1: Robin. Hi there, Robin. You've got um, also problems about or questions about anxiety with your dog when you leave the house.
3: Yes. I've got a two and a half year old male cavalier. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: If I leave him outside, the neighbours tell me he sits at the gate and cries until I come home. Yeah. When I leave him in... And I've taken to leaving him inside. Yes. He attacks the front door. He's scratching... Okay. ...the woodwork of it, and he... He drools while we're away, you know? Right, he's so yeah, weak yeah. When yeah. I get home.
1: Yeah, so he's anxious for sure then. Yeah, okay. Yes. So um, it's a complicated problem. It's, there's not really an easy solution. It, it probably requires um, having a good discussion with a veterinarian about some sort of things that you can do. Um, often it's going to um, focus around trying to give the dog a job to do. Cavaliers. a little bit hard sometimes trying to encourage them to um, you know to work for their food can be a bit challenging because they they just don't care that much sometimes Um, it's quite possible that he may be one of these dogs who needs to have a little bit of pharmaceutical help to try to reduce the anxiety so that we can uh, aid the learning of him you know so that he can become more comfortable and we do sometimes even use crates for these little guys Um, you know first of all when you're at home getting them used to sleeping in a crate and feeling safe in a crate uh, and then that you know puts them then in a nice safe situation when you're gone. But it's not really helpful just to sort of lock him up um, if he's yeah. not ever, you know, been in a crate in the in the past. So um, it is a bit of a challenging one. I would definitely take him up to your local vet and have him looked at and have a discussion with them, um, you know, ab- about the sort of anxiety. Because it's quite possible that there's things you're not really aware of that are happening in the backyard, um, noises, things like that. Um, but he's doing it inside as well. So, you know, I guess it's always important that we're um, keeping the dogs safe from themselves as well. Some of these little dogs that are scratching in at doorways and things like that, they'll start to injure themselves from, you know, the the level of... Um franticness that they're you know experiencing and exhibiting so probably worthwhile um, speaking to a vet about you know maybe some pharmacological help for him
0: yes and we look at our pet rescue animal of the week and Cheryl what have we got today
1: well we're going to be talking about
2: greyhounds today um, we've got a couple of greyhounds up for rescue just a little bit about them they are very gentle affectionate dogs that love to be with you they generally get on well with other dogs and animals they don't need a lot of exercise or a big backyard and they're well suited to apartment living. They rarely bark. They don't lose much hair or have much of a doggy smell compared with other breeds. They are intelligent and respond well to training. They are generally good around children and of most ages. And Buff is one of the dogs that's up for adoption today. He's a gorgeous three-year-old greyhound. He's a very loving boy who's happy to do whatever you are doing. He's a very low-energy dog, however, he does like a walk. Boof walks well on a lead and likes to go on a leisurely pace. Sorry, He is also very content to, struggle, to snuggle on the lounge with you. He's a very clean boy and being a greyhound doesn't have the usual smell, which a lot of dog breeds do. Greyhounds are a very low-maintenance breed and spend majority of their time sleeping or laying around watching the world go by. They are a very loyal, devoted breed and live on human companionship. Wolf needs to be very much a part of of his family's everyday life. He would not do very well left alone in the backyard by himself all day. Booth will need access to both inside and outside of his new family's home and even though he isn't a jumper he will require secure fencing to keep him safe when you aren't at home. He would not be suited to a family who has pocket pets. Booth is quite a a quiet boy who is very well mannered. He can be quite shy until he gets to know you but then he will be your best friend. For more information or to be, meet BOOF, please contact Anita on 0400 107 603. BOOF is desexed, vaccinated, treated for fleas and wormed, microchipped and lifetime registered.
0: Thank you, Cheryl. And if you'd like more details, of course, visit the 2NURFM website. You'll see a photo there of BOOF and all those details that Cheryl just shared with us. Let's uh, speak of sharing right now from Saltash Matthews with us. Hello, Matthew. Hi.
1: Matthew, you've got a problem with your dog biting at her back end. Is that right?
4: Yes. Good afternoon. How are you?
1: Not too bad at all. So um, this is a dog. She's biting around her back legs and tail and things like that.
4: No, no. She's biting inside her right thigh. Yep. And she has a tick collar on. Mm-hmm. And we think it might be a flea. Yep. Um, but she does have a tick collar. She's been wormed and all the rest of it. Right. Okay. Um, we're concerned it, it's annoying her of an evening yeah
1: definitely Yeah, so I, I would look at um, tick colors can be helpful um, but I'd probably look at something more of a, excuse me more of a systemic treatment um, for fleas things like that try to get one of the oral um, tablet type chews they can be really really good quite often if they are biting and chewing at the um, you know, sort of inner groin and thigh area it is a flea issue um, and remember that we can have dogs that are itchy because they have fleas on them but we can also have dogs that are itchy because they have a flea allergy. So those systemic products are really good at controlling both of those uh, issues, whereas a flea and tick collar might keep the numbers of the fleas down, but it's certainly not going to be adequate for the dogs that have flea allergies. So that's definitely what I'd look at doing, a systemic flea and tick product.
0: All right, and joining us now from Barnsley, hello to Maria. How are you?
3: I'm good, thank you very much. Hi, Maria. What can I do um, for you? Well, I was, um, I've was i been listening to your show. Yep. And uh, over my 63 years, I've respittled the dogs.
5: Okay.
3: Now, uh, the lady with the cavalier problem, yep. with her little cavalier yep. uh, howling, because she's putting her outside, as you know, dogs are pack animals. Yeah. And her pack leader has gone away, and mummy's put her out the house. Okay, yep. So I suggest for
5: that lady, a doggy door.
1: Right, that that dog's actually experiencing some problems inside the house at the same time. Um, certainly, giving them a bit of freedom can be really useful. Dogs, so they've got the option to choose inside versus outside, and that can be um, and that can be helpful in some cases. I, I think that little dog was actually um, already sort of destroying door frames and things like that so i think it it has a little bit more problems than that um we've had another suggestion as well that you know getting a second dog can be really helpful and certainly um for diane who had the um the greyhound sometimes another greyhound you know so they have some companionship can be really helpful um doesn't tend to be necessarily as useful for little dogs like cavaliers because they're really um, quite attached to their human um, pack rather than dogs so Not always the the perfect solution there. But thank you for the suggestion. That is helpful.
0: Yes, and that's what it's all about, trying to help you out, offer you a suggestion for the problem you've got with your animals. We do that every week as we have our vet here with us for Pet Chat. And we're almost out of time today. We wanted to talk about your topic, which was pet insurance, but <laughs> we've taken so many calls that the time slipped that's by. That's all right.
1: I'm back on the 2nd of December. We might have a chance to do it then. Please do I hold that one second. because I think yeah. it's an important topic. Yeah. And a lot it of people really don't know do. about pet yeah.
0: insurance. And I think they should know. So yeah. thank you for today. Thank you. It's There's really our nice vet, Dr. Here. Kimberly Earl, Cheryl Shaw, thank you so much.